It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Are you able to think independently no matter what is going on in your life? Or do you find yourself believing that you're a victim of circumstance? Do you look outside for external validation or to derive pleasure? Today's guest, Michael Bernard Beckwith, says that you have the ability to create inner conditions that will enable you to grow, expand, thrive, and express your highest potential and grander vision for your life. According to Michael, the answer is you. Michael is the founder and spiritual director of the Agape International Spiritual Center and author of Life Visioning and Spiritual Liberation. He's appeared on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, The Dr. Oz Show, and in his own PBS special, The Answer Is You. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today. Joan, it is my joy to be with you and everyone who is listening. So, Michael, I want to begin our discussion with an example that I've heard you share because I think it illustrates what we're going to discuss today, and I think it provides a clear picture that everyone can relate to. So this is the story of the rose seed. The rose seed spends days, weeks, or months in a packet or in someone's pocket, or it may blow in the wind for a period of time. Then one day... The seed lands in the perfect environment. It has the right conditions. There's fertile soil, proper nutrition, sunlight, rain, and and from that right condition, the seed thrives and grows into a beautiful rose bush. Michael, that story, I believe, illustrates what happens in our life because, as you said, we all have seeds within. We have goals and dreams and visions and desires, and those seeds, when they're met with the right conditions, can grow as well. Now, we have these seeds, But many people use reasons for why they don't grow. They say they're victim of circumstance. They may have the wrong family or maybe a limited education. And and you know, the list goes on. And these are stories that we tell ourselves. It's what keeps us from thriving. So why do you believe we keep those stories alive? Why do we keep repeating them to ourselves? This is a a powerful question. And when people understand that they're addicted to the story they tell themselves, that they're addicted to their their historical self, the things that have happened to them, their interpretation of what has happened, that ultimately becomes excuses, perceptions, and the filters by which they view life from. And when individuals actually produce certain toxic chemicals, when they retell the story over and over and over again, and they become addicted to those chemicals and the state that they're producing. Now, just as that seed is magnificent, and it's only searching for a proper condition to evolve, we are a perfect spiritual idea held in the mind of the infinite. And we have the capacity to create the right condition for our potential to unfold. But we have to give up the story of shame and blame. We have to give the story of they did it to me. We have to give the story of give up the story of being a victim. And we have to begin to embrace that there's a part of us that has never been hurt, harmed, or endangered in any way. It doesn't have any history whatsoever. And the only identity that it has is light and luminosity of infinite potential. We begin to bump into that part of ourselves as little pinpricks of light. And we're able to break free from the story. Now, people are afraid to break free from the story because that's the only identity they know. They know these things happened to them and and that became their identity. But there's a greater identity. 
an eternal identity that people are afraid to come into contact with because the part of us that has been deemed the protector of our identity, the ego, doesn't want us to flee from that limited point of view. When you start to flee from that limited point of view, all heaven breaks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things begin to be calamitous in our life. Now, Michael, the terms indigenous versus endogenous, how do they relate to our life? Well, there's a three words, indigenous, exogenous, and endogenous. Indigenous, we all know about indigenous plants, like a palm tree, as an example, is indigenous to warm weather, sunshine. It wouldn't flourish in Antarctica. Exogenous means that our life, our environment is determined from outside of ourselves, and endogenous means that we create our own inner climate and our own inner condition. Now, as spiritual beings having a human incarnation, we are, in, we are endogenous, which means we have the capacity to create our own environment for that seed of excellence to grow. So it means that we're no longer allowing the external world to pull us around like a rag doll or a puppet. We no longer live in reaction to the external world of appearances. We are endogenous, which means that we can become quiet, We can begin to visualize, we begin to practice life visioning, we begin to study, we begin to write out our calling, our dreams, our visions. We can begin to create an inner environment so strong that it becomes stronger than the external pulls on us that wants to pull us into mediocrity, pull us into worry, doubt, and fear. We create our own environment from within ourselves. Now right there, if people can catch that, they can immediately begin to come out of being a victim of circumstance. Immediately they can begin to say, you know what? I create my own inner environment. I'm going to wake up and leap into joy and gratitude and then watch how my life begins to change. You know, Michael, everything that you just described, I learned that the hard way and I learned it firsthand. I had this life one day and the next day it was gone. And from that was the seed that we talked about. Everything I'm doing today is from that place that I was. It all grew from there. And I've learned that there are blessings and opportunities and challenges. And as I said, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if if I hadn't experienced that loss. But when we're in that survival mode and we're sometimes literally fighting for our life, just struggling to hang on for the next moment, how do we find those blessings? What advice do you offer to help someone move through these challenges and emerge stronger and wiser? Right. We, we, we don't say that it's easy. We say that it's simple. And so if, if a person, when they begin to just try this as a practice, if they begin to wake up, and the moment they put their feet on the ground and they take a breath and they begin to think to themselves, I'm grateful to be alive and I'm grateful that all of my needs are met. From that particular moment, all of your needs are met because that's all that you need at that particular moment. And that begins to become habitualized within us. Then the, our perception of life begins to change. And we go through, I teach three stages. The first stage is we just see the world as as it is described to us by the mass media. Lack, limitation, fear, doubt, worry, bigotry, hate, wars, mass incarceration, terrorism. There's all kinds of stuff that go on in that particular world as it's described by the media and people agree and experience that. But something begins to happen when you begin to move into a sense of gratitude, you begin to see the world differently. That's stage two. You see opportunities. You start to see possibilities. 
you start to see your assignment, like what is it that's mine to do in this world that I'm now beginning to see differently. And as you continue to walk in that direction with high praise for every breath that you take, so that the feeling tone that you're carrying is all of my needs are met, then you move into the third stage. You begin to see a different world. First, you see the world as it appears to be. Secondly, you see the world differently, opportunities, possibilities, potential. And then thirdly, you actually begin to see a different world. There's a different world that's been overlaid by the filters of humanity, and people experience those filters. You actually see the world that is held in the mind of the infinite. And then you're pulled by that world. And then you ask the question, what am I about to say, what am I about to do? Is it represent the new world that I'm beginning to see, or is it the same old, same old from the world of effects? Poor me, not good enough, unworthy, there's not enough. And with practice, we're able to stabilize in the last two stages, seeing the world differently and living in a different world. And miracles begin to take place in our life. And so if someone's struggling, their back is against the wall, one has to stop, find one thing to be grateful for, and let that feeling become big. And then the law will wrap itself around that feeling and opportunities will shortly follow. So, Michael, we're doing all of this internal work and, and we're getting our head in the game, so to speak. And then all of a sudden, somebody on the outside says something to, to put you down or to tell you why you can't do it. So all this work that you do on the inside, in a moment, it feels like it could be ripped away from you with just one comment from someone who is telling you why you can't dream big. So what do you advise that we do to shelter ourselves or to shield ourselves from that type of external negativity? We have to become aware that the closer you get to making a sacred vow for your own excellence, the haters will show up. Mediocrity always attacks excellence. And whenever you become close to breaking free from your paradigm, then they show up because you make people uncomfortable because you are leaving the comfort zone and the convenient zone that most people are living in. And so they unconsciously feel that you're about to leave them. And so they attack. But really, unconsciously, they're just afraid you're going to leave them. And so the closer you get to excellence, the more and more people talk about you. They only attack someone that's on the move, that's trying to do something with their life. And so when that begins to happen, you have to say to yourself, the temporal self or the historical self, it creates a false god by creating happiness by what other people think about him or her. You know, those people, if they love me, I'm happy. If they don't love me, I'm sad. Well, you just made those people false gods. And the moment that they begin to turn on you, your god, your whole world has fallen apart. So you have to develop a relationship with yourself. And you have to win every argument with your mind about the excellence that's trying to happen, that the, the genius is trying to unfold. So that you become, after a while, unconcerned about what others are thinking about you. I've been speaking with Michael Bernard Beckwith. If you would like to get more information about Michael or his work, you can visit michaelbernardbeckwith.com or agapilive.com. Michael, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What do you want to leave our listeners with? One of the things that um, you brought up um, in your original questions that you sent was um, we're not here, as I like to say, we're not here to get or to get it, we're here to learn it. Now, when you begin to share vibrationally that you're not here to get anything from the world because the world doesn't have anything for you, you're here to give your gifts to the world. You're here to shine your light. You're here to allow your genius to unfold so that you can activate your gifts, talents, and capacities and to share them. Now, when you become very wholehearted 
that you're here to share, that you're here to give your gifts, you're here to shine. You're beginning with the premise that I have something. If you feel that you have something, the universe responds to that and more is given. If you feel you're in lack, then that what you have is taken away because you're using the law in reverse. And so if you wake up and you say to yourself, I'm not here to get anything from the world, but I'm sure here to get something. I'm, here, I'm sure here to shine. I'm sure here to let that which is within me as an endogenous being to flow. Great things begin to happen. And so I, I want everyone to know that they are significant. They have meaning for the presence of God has never made a meaningless act. They are unique. And in that uniqueness, they have a mandate to uncover, discover, activate their gifts and to share them and to claim the good life, the prosperous life, the philanthropic life, the entrepreneurial life, the creative life, claim it, and the universe will open up doors that you don't even know are there. Michael, thank you so much for being here with us today. What you teach truly transforms lives, and and this knowledge gives us tools to tap into what already exists within us. What we forget is there, and it enables us to own our power and live to our potential. So it's been a joy having you here. Thank you so much. It is my absolute joy to be with you, and God bless everyone listening, and don't give up. Keep growing. This is Conversations with Joan. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.